a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Jesus does not lie. And he told me, you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told me, this is my blood shed for you. He told me, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And I've heard the Lord's voice in the absolution, forgiven me. He's, he's told me that he, uh, that he loves the world, that he died for the world, that he shed his blood to save me and forgive me. He said it, and he doesn't lie. Those sins, which we're supposed to be conquering, have been conquered, not by our striving to overcome them, but have they been conquered by the death of Jesus. Those sins, even those pet sins that we're supposed to overcome, even the, the sins that we keep coming back to, those have been crucified with Christ. Uh, and now uh, sanctification is, is putting to death the old, the old Adam, the old flesh, by confessing our sins. I wasn't paying attention to what you just said. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading Facebook statuses. Hey, you're listening to Table Talk Radio, Pastor Evan Gigline with Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Hey, Brian, guess what I got in my hand here? What's that? I have a baptismal certificate. Hey, nice. So uh, it says here that I was baptized at Faith Lutheran Church in uh, Rogue River, Oregon by Pastor Evan Gigline. And I don't know how that works, Um, but I have it right here. It says so on this. this. Now, never mind that I printed my out in an 8.5 by 11. (laughs) <laughs> Just so it'd work on my printer, uh, but hey, look at that! Yes. I'm gonna hang it on the wall. So you did your own baptismal certificate, right? That's what yeah. you're telling me. Yeah, right. Oh, brother, <laughs> send me your details. By right. we, we can do this. By the way, uh, if people want individual baptismal certificates, I can um, uh, I can customize it for you, and then either send it to you electronically or uh, print it out and send it to you. So. You send now, me your details and we'll get it straight. If I if I already paid, well, by I, you know, Space Lutheran Church, and by paid we mean, you know, if we had paid. Um, <laughs> someday, if we, <laughs> you'll, you'll st- someday you'll stop getting overdue invoice notes. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, uh, do, I have, do I have to pay for that custom-made one, or, or does, do I get, like, grandfathered in with, uh, I don't know. No, I don't know. We, well, we can short sell that. We normally do five bucks for just an individual certificate. But for, uh, but for such a solid customer such as myself, you would do it for, for you do it pro bono? For twenty, thirty bucks. Okay, okay. I'll give you all my table doc radio you points. Can... <laughs> <laughs> in baptismal certificate debt. All right, WilsonCreative.com. Uh, is that where you go to, to look at this kind of junk? Yeah, all for right. these your certificates. Everyone knows about it, though. Our seven listeners. Everyone's all our seven listeners have ordered these things. Uh, We've I, saturated the market. I wasn't really trying to promote it. I was just so excited about my my. Hey, I don't know how many of our listeners, though, are coming to Greece and Turkey. That's the thing we should be plugging I mean, here, never mind this the, Greece and Turkey trip. Never mind the fact that uh, it says I was baptized before my church actually started, but... <laughs> okay. Greece I had to lock in your church name there so that you wouldn't uh, uh, you know, send I know. it to all your buddies. I, I was going to sell them for $15. <laughs> Be, oh, that great entrepreneurial mind of yeah, yours. It'd be Gigson Creative. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, brother. Uh, Turkey, All right, I got a Turkey. buzzword for you. Oh, okay. Greece and Turkey. Oh, yeah. So everyone should come to Greece and Turkey. If all seven listeners came, that would be. Uh, well, we might. We're getting close to. We're about halfway full on this trip, so we're going. You know what would really and, uh, help with that? What? If I would actually play the promotional thing that you recorded like a month ago, that would help. Big time. <laughs> October 31st is when we depart, and we fly to Istanbul, and then we come home from Athens. And uh, there's a four-day cruise in the middle there. And uh, this this should be pretty cool. Pastor Graf is going to come. Carrie's coming. Uh, and uh, Elaine Graf, uh, Pastor Wife's uh, Pastor Wife's Graf. Wow. Pastor Graf's wife. Uh, so this should be it should be a marvelous trip. And the biggest seller is that I'm not going. So if you are worried about that, don't worry. You can you can sign up for this trip. You don't have to do. We're gonna try to do live uh, uh, broadcasts <laughs> from Turkey. We gotta sort out the details on that. Yeah. Then then uh, your our listener participation game would be those in the bus there with you. So uh, which ladder? Raise your hand if you know the answer. <laughs> That's right. 
Uh, which, by the way, is one of the games we're playing today, which latter, but that is after uh, buzzwords and email. So what's your buzzword? My buzzword is crucifix. Ooh, nice. So uh, crucifix means a picture of Jesus on the cross or, uh, uh, I guess, a statue also or a piece, uh, a sculpture of Jesus on the cross. Now, all the old Lutherans say <laughs> uh, that, oh, you shouldn't have a crucifix because you know how this goes, because Jesus... R- rose from the dead so we ought to have an empty cross now uh, so f- now first of all i think that what mostly people are saying is i don't like the jesus on the cross <laughs> that's what they're saying so we better figure out a way to you know a pious sort of way to talk about how we don't like the crucifix but this doesn't first of all make sense because if you wanted a symbol of the resurrection of jesus you should probably have the empty tomb yes. not the empty cross because remember on holy saturday when jesus was dead in the tomb was the cross empty well in fact yes it was and uh, also we we could use the same logic with um uh with the uh, manger scene we shouldn't have a baby jesus in the manger because jesus didn't stay a baby well of course he didn't stay a baby nobody mean nobody thinks that you're kind of trying to trap <laughs> jesus in time so of course jesus didn't stay in the manger and of course he didn't stay on the cross we know that but it is on the cross when jesus wins our redemption for us so uh that's crucifix i like that that's a good <laughs> so someone goes up to you i'm against crucifixes are you against uh nativity scenes yeah, we can't have baby Jesus in the cross because he rose from the dead. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like, uh, uh, what's that movie where uh, Will Ferrell is praying to baby Jesus? <laughs> I'm gonna pray to baby Jesus because he's my favorite Jesus. <laughs> yeah, the not recommended legend of Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah, right. If you want to pray to adolescent Jesus or grown up Jesus, I like baby Jesus. <laughs> Uh, I, by the way, uh, growing up in in the Lutheran Church, um, I didn't know this little. Thing. I mean, I always grew up with crucifixes. I didn't know. I didn't know any difference. And then um, when I was in college, I had this crucifix hanging on the wall of my dorm. And one of my friends came over and said, "What are you Catholic?" And I was so confused by his question. Like, why would you? Why did you ask me that? I had no idea that that, that there was some sort of a distinction. That and, and now, do they have uh, bear crosses in uh, in the Catholic Church? I mean, uh, so I think sometimes, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but it's more common that you would have a crucifix in a Catholic church, but a a bear yeah. cross in a Protestant church. Yeah, it's just one of those things, you know. I mean, uh, crucifixes and, and making the sign of the cross and and uh, vestments. These are all um, just remind people of the Catholic Church rather than the church. <laughs> Right. All, right. All right. What's your buzzword? I'm ready. Well, I was looking at uh, tabletalkradio.org. You know this list of buzzers we've had that we haven't updated for well over a year? Yes. Um, well, I was looking and I found theolo- Theology of Glory, but I noticed there isn't Theology of the Cross. So my theological buzzword for you is theolo- Theology of the Cross. All right. Whew, now I've got to define it. <sighs> <laughs> well, uh, let me start by defining, uh, reading the definition of theology of glory, then maybe we can can, uh, can work from there. Uh, our definition says, The theology that God reveals his favor to man through blessing or spiritual experiences rather than the hiddenness and lowliness of the cross and suffering, known as theology of the cross. So I guess we kind of have it on there. Um, but yeah, so, so uh, in the theology of the cross, we um, uh, Luther said that we call a thing what it is, uh, that uh, uh, our... Well, we don't start by by looking at uh, our situation in life and then judging by our situation that oh this is uh, God must has favor upon me or God God uh, must uh, like me because things are going well then when things start going uh, poorly well, well God must be angry with me that would be the theology of glory the theology of the cross though Luther says uh, calls the thing what it is so that we look. Um, I mean, if you were to, if you were to have the theology of, the, of glory and then stand at the time of Jesus and see him going to the cross, you just have to conclude that uh, uh, this certainly isn't God. Uh, Jesus was was not God. But uh, if you have then the theology of the cross, you see that that uh, uh, that God's glory uh, was in that crucifixion. Uh, so in in now then in our lives. Uh, in in our suffering, we continue to look to the cross, and we our, our our theology is not shaped by our situation in life, but rather that that we uh, continually focus on the cross in our crosses, and uh, knowing that that God loves us for the sake of Jesus, not for the sake of our situation. How's that for a two minute Pretty definition? Pretty good. I like it. Okay, good. So we have uh, here about one minute for an email. Do you think we should just uh, 
I, well, we can maybe make the big announcement, the the announcement that everybody's been waiting for. Oh. Is that we have now the icon, the official <laughs> Calvinist blog icon. And that's going to be in response to the email that we'll read here in a minute from our uh, official Calvinist blogger. I'm just amazed uh, that a Calvinist would want an image of anything. <laughs> I have a. It has a picture of me with a really poorly edited John Calvin hat on. <laughs> that would be breaking the second commandment if you were a Calvinist, wouldn't it? I I think so. This is an icon, uh, but it links to our show. So all the so it says Pastor Wolf Mueller's favorite Calvinist blog, and it has a link to our show on it. And uh, and it uh, uh, so all our favorite Calvinist bloggers can um, can put this uh, on their blog now. Ah, very good. <laughs> All right, well, let's go to this commercial break. We'll it's hit that dumb. email and this. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. This is really terrible. Mm-hmm. Looks like a four-year-old got a hold of uh, what's that? <laughs> Your picture in a crayon. Oh well. All right. Well. Excellence in excellence in seals for blogs. It's there for you now. <laughs> All right. Well, after this commercial break, we'll come back and read that email, and then we're going to start to play which ladder. Uh, and then if we have time at the end of the show, we're going to try to play some Ten Commandments in the news. Um, and I, I've got a good one for you today, Pastor Wolf, there, if we can get to it. So I look forward to that. Uh, you're listening to Table Talk Radio, uh, everyone's favorite Luther theological game show. We'll be right back. Let's go after Table Talk Radio, a radio show that gives the opportunity to cope with disappointment week after week. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Everybody knows that if you're a Calvinist, then you have seven or eight blogs. Well, how do you distinguish... Calvinist blogs from other Calvinist blogs. I mean, this is this is a terrible, sortable thing. So we at Table Talk Radio, and by we, I mean Pastor Wolfmuller, has uh, <laughs> created a solution to this problem. Yes, the uh, Pastor Wolfmuller's favorite Calvinist blog seal, uh, which is available. I just am now posting it on the Worldwide Wolfmuller, uh, so you can download it there, and maybe Wait we'll put it up on our. Is the Worldwide Wolfmuller a Calvinist blog? No, I'm, that's why I'm putting it as a post. Oh, okay. Uh, so people can go there and take the image and steal it and put it in their blog. Uh, <laughs> the Worldwide Wolfmuller is a Lutheran blog. Oh, okay. By the way, you Got might it. not know from the name. Got it. Okay. Uh, so read this email so we can get playing uh, some, oh, some yeah, which ladder. So this is our. This is from the official. Um, the official Calvinist. What is he? Fictional Calvinist blogger for Table Talk Radio. Here, this is from Ruben. Did I ever tell you what Ruben sent me? No. He sent me uh, this huge uh, spreadsheet of words that are used in the Bible only one time. Nice. That is very Ruben's nice. He's helping you out with that. <laughs> so, I, dear <laughs> listeners, I'm the one that doesn't do show prep. You had another but, listener but have, who put you, together that table for all the praise songs that you crunched. See, you listen. You making is, fun of me for not doing any. No, listen. The difference is that you asked for it. You got. You got Facebook. Hey guys, will you help me think of something for the show? Oh, poor Pastor Wolf, and here you go. Yeah, yeah. You're like you're I like, use the I use the whiny font too, so people know that that's what my voice sounds like. <laughs> you're like, you know, it, but it gets to the point where you're you're like the guy that you're walking down the street. And you see the guy with with a, with a can, you know, and, and you know the story. Oh, I, I, I need to get some gas to get to Denver because, you know, my great aunt Susie is sick and I just, you know, lost my job. And, and you, you know, okay, I've heard this story before. Uh, but, you know, at least, at least I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying my hardest over here to, you know, to put out a good radio show and, and be a pastor of a, of a huge congregation. And, um, and then people think, you know, we should, we should help the, help Evan out at Table Talk Radio. And they just send me these things, you know, it's, it's God's richest blessings, you know, just pouring out into and, and, uh, Evan at TableTalkRadio.org. <laughs> How's that? Evan at TableTalkRadio.org. <laughs> you forgot to use the whiny font. 
All right. Ruben writes, hello, Wolf the Mystic Chaser. That's Mystic Hunter, Ruben. And Evan the Radio Clown. You got that one right. It's December 4th, and that means it's exactly the one-year anniversary, the first time I ever heard Table Talk Radio. Uh, that's why probably the email is titled... Happy birthday. At first, I was going to say, up. I have, you're, you're keeping track of this, but then I'm like, oh, I know why you're keeping track of this. This this makes sense. <laughs> Let me back up. I happen to be what you might call a Calvinist scoutmaster. You didn't even know Calvinists have their own version of boy and cub scouts. We didn't come up with the ridiculous name ourselves like Calvin Scouts or Table Talk Radio, <laughs> but rather the dignified and stately title of Calvinist Cadet Corps. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes. This is like uh, Dumbledore's army or uh, <laughs> the Hitler youth. Anyway, every year we gather for what we call Field Day, an event in which hundreds of boys from all over Southern California meet to compete in feats of strength and skill. That's what we call – what is that name that they made – that holiday that they made up on uh, uh, Seinfeld? Oh, uh, does he remember? Feats yeah. of strength and – Festivus and for the rest of us. Yeah, Festivus. Feats of strength and airing of grievances. I almost said Kwanzaa. <laughs> the other made-up December holiday. <laughs> we meet to compete in feats of strength and skill, such as not tying, foot races, and quoting the institutes. <laughs> Anyhow, my point is that the reason I can nail down precisely the date which I first listened to Table Duck Radio is that last year, Saturday, December 4th, was field day for cadets. Because I had a five-hour round trip to San Diego to L.A. to kill. I loaded up my MP3 play with these radio clowns I'd heard of at Table Talk Radio. What I listened to first was the Praise Cruncher Marathon. Instantly, I realized you guys desperately needed the consulting services of a Calvinist. <laughs> Doesn't everyone? So I went all the way back to the beginning of the archive and listened straight through for three months until I'd caught up so I could assess the problem fully, as it were. Ever since I've been pleased to serve as the official Calvinist blogger for Table Talk Radio, filling in where your Lutheranness present and obstacles such as the books of Esther and James. <laughs> Due to my inestimable contribution to your show, make sure to do the sarcastic finger motions for those air quotes, <laughs> show, I would suggest that you declare henceforth that December 4th be known as the Calvinist Blogger Day. But I realize that you would be worth uh, that would be worth about as much as a billion table talk radio points or the promise of a Pastor Brian's favorite Calvinist blog graphic. <laughs> coming, by the way. So that, by the way, is finished now. So uh, I've sent uh, Ruben an email indicating that it's kind. Of, I mean, it does look like my kids got loose with a scissors and a crayon. But anyway, <laughs> it uh, official Cal favorite Calvinist blog graphic 1.0 is finished. Uh, anyhow, here's some more content. Remember back to the Praise Cruncher Marathon, how Lord I Lift Your Name on High survived the cruncher as though by fire, 1 Corinthians 3. Uh, the guy that wrote that, wasn't he a Lutheran? I think he, I read that on Wikipedia. Well, there was another song recently survived the cruncher 2.0, Casting Crown's Glorious Day. In addition to you both being about Jesus' incarnational water cycle, those two songs share a common, subtle defect. Compare the line, you came from heaven to earth to show the way, with Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. This example language is dangerous, as it suggests that the reason Jesus fulfilled the law is that so we could learn how to also fulfill the law, when the real reason is because we cannot fulfill the law. So the risk is casting Jesus' obedience as law, not as gospel. I realize it's not a question. Remember, I'm a Calvinist. How come you haven't set up the email at answers at tabletalkradio.org yet? That's something you're to do, right? Because Calvinists refuse to send emails to questions because mm -hmm. they don't have questions, only answers. Remember that? Yeah, still working on that. I wonder how many uh, more Calvinists we'd have writing in if we did change it from questions at tabletalkradio.org to answers at tabletalkradio.org. Yeah, well, anyway. uh, I think we got a flood of emails that complaints, and they were all Calvinists, so... <laughs> Uh, anyway, just offering some solid analysis with which to approve the overall quality of your show. If you see, if you feel the need to say more words to justify your existence as radio hosts, go right ahead. Thanks, Ruben, official Calvinist blogger for Table Talk Radio. I don't think so. I think that about does it, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's nicely said. No, I think this is a good point. Uh, Jesus as example rather than Jesus as um, uh, um, redeemer. Dire on the crosser. Uh, that's not what we need in our music. Correct. 
All right. I think we mentioned that in the crunch, though. I mean, it seems like we should have. Yeah, no, I, th- I, think he, I think he just wants to get credit for what we already said. <laughs> <laughs> That's Calvinist style, you know. <laughs> hey, look at all these good works. Well, I'm elect anyways. You're getting credit for what God already did. <laughs> all Hope right. That's not too subtle for you, Reuben. Reuben, master of the hidden knowledge of God's will. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. What we should call that, uh, Calvinism, the master of the hidden knowledge. There should be a name for that, kind of the Calvinist wizardry. Anyway, this picture, by the way, this official Calvinist blogger is really bad. Just wanted you guys to know that. Agreed. If someone wants to clean this thing up and make it look decent, then. Look at you. Uh, If someone wants to do this for me. (laughs) In whiny font. Oh yeah. All right. I'm let's looking up to see if there really is a whiny font. How do you spell whiny? Anyone on Facebook know how to spell whiny? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Hey, uh, let's play, let's play some which ladder. So, uh, explain how this game works. Okay. So there's three ladders, right? These are the th- uh, Adolf Caberly helped us out with this. He said uh, when man builds a false religion, he builds uh, three one of three ladders to try to climb up into heaven. So you got the ladder of moralism mysticism and rationalism moralism is the ladder of the will got to be good enough mysticism is the uh is the ladder of the psyche i gotta feel god on the inside and mysticism uh wait a minute rationalism is the ladder of the mind i gotta know enough to reach an enlightenment so those are the three ladders and we find that every false religion has a some sort of combination of these now the reason why we play this game is we listen to clips or uh read some uh someone that someone something that someone said and we say hey which ladder is this guy having us climb and we want to we want to teach that kind of discernment if someone comes to you and they say hey uh this is how to get to heaven or this is how to please god or this is whatever then you could say ah the ladder of moralism and of course all the ladders are incomplete uh, uh all the ladders never get us there because the only way to heaven is the name of jesus his descent to us his coming to our flesh and dying on the cross for us to give us salvation that's that's where salvation comes from hey if you find that whiny font i was just checking my email you're talking if anybody wants to pay my student loans for me <laughs> in whiny font how do you I do don't know how do you spell whiny W H I N Y? No, W H I N N Y. Wine is W H I N E, right? W H I N N Y, a gentle high pitched <laughs> sound. That'd be you. <laughs> oh, Here, look, I'll I'll, leave oh, yeah, okay. I'll I'll help you out. So, look, play some audio. Winnie. I'm going to look at the which ladder. Winnie. Oh, that's Winnie. <laughs> Winnie. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, which ladder? Okay, here's the first clip. This is uh, our friend Rob Bell. Uh, oh, do you know what? We're about – are we about out of time? I don't know. Uh, yes. I don't keep let's, track of this stuff. Let's take a break, and then after this – Does anyone on Facebook know if we're out of time? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Right after this commercial break, we will uh, – Listen to Rob Bell for our first clip of Witch Ladder. You are listening to Table Talk Radio, home of the uh, Witch Ladder game. <laughs> and also, the only show with an official Calvinist blogger. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> and an image to prove it. <laughs> All right, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back to this commercial break. Don't go. Recent survey, 98% of listeners can't stand Table Talk Radio. We would like to express our gratitude to those who did not participate in the study. Mr. Whiny, Mr. Whiny, he lives inside of my head. He loved it when things wouldn't go my way. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Whiny, by the way, uh, Lumpy just called, is spelled W-H-I-N-Y to utter a, uh, <laughs> a high-pitched complaint or protest in a childish fashion. 
That okay. Oh, here's another definition. Three, three. See Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. <laughs> huh. That's weird. I so there is, a, is not apparently a whiny font. So if you're writing, if you're whining, you got to use a particular font. So I'm looking through the fonts to sort out which one would be the most appropriate for whining. <laughs> oh, here you go. Uh, here's a link: How to Silence a Whiny Child at Parenting.com. Oh, thanks. Uh, I'll, I'll look into that for you. Uh. <laughs> Some tips for the radio in there might be. <laughs> when it comes to torture, I wanna, I'm ready for Rob Bell. Are we ever going to get to this? No, no, says, this is... when, when it comes to torture, we could learn a thing or two from our kids. <laughs> uh, yes, but first I want to say we're probably going to get probably not going to get to uh, Ten Commandments in the news, which is a bummer because I had a really good news uh, article for you. Uh, Do you see this in the news yesterday that uh, President Obama is considering? Um, how countries uh, treat homosexuals in considering who gets foreign aid? Uh, no. Yes, and this is interesting because your question to the to the to the pastor about that the culture defines uh, what how the spirit leads. You remember that conversation? So that yes, uh, yes. So you said, well, what about these African countries that still oppose homosexuality? Is the spirit not talking to them? And the answer here now we have in uh, with President Obama that he will then. Uh, decide whether uh, you know your country is is hearing from God or not. Yeah, yeah. That's what we need. There you go. Okay. Remember so. how? Uh, remember how President Bush got criticized because he knew the Muslim that Islam was a religion of peace, and now here uh, we're going past that now. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Here's Rob Bell for your consideration of which ladder. Several years ago, we had an art show at our church, and people brought in all kinds of sculptures and paintings, and we put them on display, and there was this one piece that had a quote from Gandhi in it. And lots of people found this piece compelling. They'd stop and sort of stare at it and take it in and reflect on it, but not everybody found it that compelling. Somewhere in the course of the art show, somebody attached a handwritten note to the piece, and on the note, they had written, reality check, he's in hell. Gandhi's in hell. He is. And someone knows this for sure and and felt the need to let the rest of us know. Will only a few select people make it to heaven? And will billions and billions of people burn forever in hell? And if that's the case, how do you become one of the few? Is it what you believe or what you say or what you do or who you know or something that happens in your heart? Or do you need to be initiated or baptized or take a class or converted or being born again? How does one become one of these few? And then there is the question behind the questions. The real question, what is God like? Because millions and millions of people were taught that the primary message, the center of the gospel of Jesus is that God is going to send you to hell unless you believe in Jesus. And so what gets subtly sort of caught and taught is that Jesus rescues you from God. But what kind of God is that, that we would need to be rescued from this God? How could that God ever be good? How could that God ever be trusted? And how could that ever be good news. This is why lots of people want nothing to do with the Christian faith. They see it as an endless list of absurdities and inconsistencies and they say, why would I ever want to be a part of that? See, what we believe about heaven and hell is incredibly important because it exposes what we believe about who God is and what God is like. What you discover in the Bible is so surprising, unexpected, and beautiful that whatever we've been told or taught The good news is actually better than that, better than we could ever imagine. The good news is that love wins. You know, I think when you were uh, working on your book, which you can get, by the way, from CPH. um, I love CPH. I know. uh, That you should have made a little YouTube video, and then the, the final line would be the title of your book. And in the end, the final, final victory. victory. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that right now. I got the webcam. I'll just fire it up. Oh, brother! Uh, all right. Uh, so this is uh, this is maybe a tough one for which ladder because 
Um, you have to little, know a little bit about his book, Love Wins, but uh, so far, what do you think? Well, okay, so here's a good point. You ready for a good point? I am. Uh, our flesh, we got the doctrine of the flesh. We call, we call it fleshism. We're fleshing that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so We'll funny. be right back on Cheesy Wordplay right after this commercial break. <laughs> One of the doctrines of the flesh is that uh, the law is God's essential work and the gospel is God's alien work. Uh, now think about this for a little bit here. Because Ooh, we know, yeah, yeah, we know that the the law, we the, the opus alien is what it's called in uh, traditional theology, that the alien work of God is the law and that the essential work of God is his love and his mercy and his kindness towards us in Christ. Ah. So um, so that's very important. The flesh flips that around and says, no, no, God's essential character is wrathful, judgment, all this sort of stuff, and that the gospel is an accident. So when God goes to his default, like the baseline action of God is, uh, um, is going to be his wrath and his anger at sin, but then here comes Jesus, and he's kind of a supplement. But if you get God... If you get God in his kind of, kind of raw state, you get judgment. No, no, no. The, the, the native essential work of God is love, mercy, kindness. To have mercy on who have mercy. To be kind to who he, uh, he would be kind to. To forgive sins. To, to love sinners. Uh, to rescue us uh, from hell. That's who God is. Uh, and yet there is the alien work of God, which is his wrath and his judgment and hell. Hell is the alien work of God. Hell was not created for man. In fact, when Jesus says, uh, de- uh, gives the uh, terrible warning at the end of time, and he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, go to the place prepared for, not you, but go to the place prepared for the devil and his angels. So that hell was not intended for people. That's just, and God desires none to come to judgment. And yet this does not this does not mediate the the or change the reality, the clear teaching of the scriptures that there is a hell, an eternal judgment place for those who do not know Christ, who do not believe in his mercy, who do not trust the promise of the forgiveness of sins. That uh that place exists and, and, and the Bible is clear about it. Now, even the fact that we know about it and that God warns us that Jesus, when he comes to tell us that he's coming again, is telling us so that we, we would be ready, is a manifestation of his mercy because he doesn't want us to go there. So he warns us about it. The problem with Rob's Bell, Rob Bell's book, when he's trying to extol the compassionate love of God and to do it by, by questioning the existence of eternal punishment, is actually um, he he's actually trying to make God compassionate, but it it it's, it's the opposite effect happens, because the the warning about hell is an expression of God's compassion because he doesn't want us to go there. Hmm. So anyhow, he's undoing he's undo his his like everyone who kind of is caught in this Calvinist Arminian kind of looking at the scripture debate. You get you get you end up getting lost and you end up you end up disproving what you're trying to prove, you know. Yeah, I mean, the Calvinists go chasing after certainty, and what they do is they end up making everyone uncertain. And Rob Bell goes, goes chasing after God's compassion, and he ends up destroying God's compassion by taking away his the compassionate warnings of judgment. Yeah, and I think what we see in not only Rob Bell but all of the emergent church-type gurus um, is a... Uh, an attempt to correct the problem in American evangelicalism, uh, which really essentially at its heart um, has the gospel only for those who are lost, um, the gospel only for those who have, who have not yet come into the church. And then you have um, you have people in the church, and do they ever hear the gospel? Hardly ever. Uh, and so now they're just beaten down with more and more law. And, and and it comes to the point where people realize, look, I am not going to be able to um, fulfill the law that you throw at me Sunday after Sunday. I can't become a better father. I can't be uh, have a more devoted prayer life. I can't uh, become a better Christian. I just can't. And so now uh, they go searching out for a, a God uh, of compassion, and yet then, then this is the compassion, a God who who uh, just kind of... Uh, nods at sin, a God who uh, who doesn't really take sin all that seriously. 
you know, I mean, right. nev- never mind that he, he sent his son to die for it, but. Right, you see, and it undoes it. It undoes the compassion of the cross because, because the compassion of God is seen essentially in the death of Jesus, where He's dying in our place. And if you don't have that, if you don't have, if you if we don't need to be died for, then God can't. Uh, uh, then the compassion of God just dissolves. All right, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. After this commercial break, we'll get an answer from Pastor Wolf Miller. Which ladder is this uh, that Rob Bell is climbing? We'll be right back after this commercial break. Don't go. Table Talk Radio. The disaster continues. Welcome back to Table Doc Radio. Pastor Wolfman has successfully identified the whiny font. Kristen ITC. I think that's the best whiny font. If you want your voice to be heard in a whiny fashion, that's the font for I you. didn't even know you could change fonts on Facebook. I don't think it's uh, – you can on Facebook. You might have to import it. I was looking on um, uh, this thing here called uh, Microsoft Word. Mm-hmm. Kristen ITC. All right, that's, that's the whiny font. All right, so what do you write? What do you write your uh, sermons in? Just wondering. <laughs> uh, I I use the uh, uh, font that looks like a typewriter just to make me think that I did more work than I actually did. We were talking about that yesterday on the phone, weren't we? That you know how awful it'd be to, to you know because you make you know worse than writing a sermon on a typewriter, be writing a, a doctoral dissertation because you you have to leave on, on a typewriter when you're writing your dissertation. You have to leave enough space at the bottom of a page for your footnotes right so if you you right. you'd write you know two two lines too many you got to retype the whole page because you don't leave enough space for your footnotes good yeah. grief. can you imagine i, I can't even imagine. all right let's uh get your answer then for which ladder uh before the break we heard oh, of I rob bell in, about that. in uh love wins and the basic premise of the book is that um even maybe poor sm- post-mortem that god's love will just kind of overcome people and they'll eventually um be won over by god just because he's generally loving yeah this is the the worldview that god is a nice guy just a really nice guy uh so there's no real sin or or grace the ladder the ladder that rob bell has is like a step ladder (laughs) it's not even a you know it's like two (laughs) steps and you're there i mean god is one of us type of thing uh I don't know if it's moralism because there's not much good works involved. Although, uh, you know, I would maybe yeah, yeah. question that because uh, I wonder why he would identify uh, Gandhi as, as why, why is it so questionable that that Gandhi uh, would be in hell? Yeah, because he was a nice guy. Gandhi was a mystic, though. Um, I wonder. I, I don't. I don't even. This is really tricky. What I don't even know what I would say. I mean, I think it's maybe even. I'm thinking kind of a rationalism. Uh, I mean, Rob Bell generally strikes me as a mystic, and his videos kind of are that way. You know, he's really kind of has this emotional tug to it. But I'm not sure. It's just you. You got what you got to know is that God's really nice, and if you have that insight, then uh, then everything will make sense. Mm. Yeah, very good. Uh, I, th- you know, is- I think. Uh, and I'm not sure if we talked about this on our little uh, uh, dinky radio show here, but. Uh, about how hell seems unjust to us because we don't know how bad we are, really? Have we talked about that? Uh, no, but I think I was just listening to you on Issues Etc. You were talking about that. Hey, would you save your good oh, comments well, then, for Table Talk Radio? Come on. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, yo, you guys all get all my best stuff. <laughs> when I go on Issues, I, I mean, I got half my theology tied behind me. <laughs> it all comes out here. Uh, we should probably get to the next clip, though, if you don't mind. Uh, okay. This is yep, let's do it. someone by the name of Reverend Ed Bacon, uh, and this is uh, him. He's an Anglican priest, I believe, and he's talking to Oprah Winfrey. Can you be spiritual and not be religious? Yes. 
You can be both. Yes. So they don't have to converge. No. Okay. I mean, I say that because there's wonderful people who have spiritual experiences on their horses right. on Sunday morning. Uh-huh. And they just are not going to bother with this religious stuff for a lot of very good reasons, and some are lazy reasons. Mm-hmm. Let's respect everybody exactly where they are, and let's let grace lead them where grace needs to lead them. You don't want everybody to be in church on Sunday? No, I don't. Wow, what kind of preacher are you? I want everybody to know God. You want everybody to know God. I want everybody to to know the love that I know that fills their hearts so much that they are joyful and peaceful and they are respectful of every human being. I, what I want, Oprah, is to turn the human race into the human family. Wow. And you don't have to be in church to, to be that. a part of that. Because Gandhi was not in church and he did that. There are a lot of folks outside the Christianity who do that. Okay, so coming to church does what for us then? The experience of grace, of church, of knowing God's love happens so much faster when I'm with other people. It happens faster than when I'm by myself. Why? Because of the energy field there? Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's it an is. energy field that is present. It's real. And uh, that's, what Jesus, that's why Jesus said this eternal truth, that mm-hmm. when two or three are gathered together, in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Now, if you can take that in a non-literal way and understand yeah. that God was speaking through Jesus at that point, mm-hmm. then it is important for people to gather. All right. Uh, I don't think I've ever uttered the words, God was speaking through Jesus here. Why? What did he say? Because Jesus is God? Yes. <laughs> this, what is this guy, a Methodist? No, no an Anglican. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> you would lovey, man. This is a uh, Anglican is like a, a Methodist with an alb. All. <laughs> all right, which ladder? Tall ceiling. This is mysticism. That God is the energy field. What is it about Gandhi, by the way? I should know something about this guy. Apparently, if he was so good, he could get to heaven without Jesus. <laughs> Gandhi is now the perfect person uh, who who is able to. Uh, you know, who's who's able to supersede all the words of Jesus because he's so good. How did he get to be so good? I have no idea. I I, I was thinking that, too. I need to start learning about Gandhi if everybody's going to look to him as the new Mother Teresa. Yeah, that's right. He was in India also. What is it about India that makes <laughs> yeah. your people can be so holy? I don't know. Uh, yeah, so uh, for Reverend Bacon here, it's not a matter of... Uh, Believing in Jesus, it, it doesn't even matter whether you're in church or not because, I mean, the only advantage of going to church is that you have this energy feel going on, you know? Uh, yeah. So it, it happens a lot faster. But, you know, you're on the back of your horse, riding around. Um, you can, and what does this mean? I wrote this down. Let's let grace lead them where grace needs to lead them. I have no idea what that means. I mean, it's just kind of this, and we want the whole, we want the human race to be the human family. I mean, this is the, this is coexist all put together. Which, what did we say the worldview of coexist was? I know, I thought you were keeping track let's, of these silly worldviews. Let's all just get along. Yeah. Um, Are you going to put that on something so we can put it on our website? Yeah, I got to work on some more of them. Right, I'm trying to fill something. it out. It's, I got like three. I, they're here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, Gandhi, by the way, here I see was a Hindu. Hinduism, here's a quote from him. Hinduism, as I know it, entirely satisfies my soul, fills my whole being. When doubt haunts me, when disappointments stare me in the face, when I see not one ray of light on the horizon, I turn to the Bhagavad Gita and find a verse to comfort me. I immediately begin to smile in the midst of overwhelming sorrow. My life has been full of tragedies, and if they had not left any visible, indelible effect on me, I owe it to the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita. That's what Gandhi says. I'm reading on Wikipedia. So, This, by the way... Um, uh, people are always puzzled over this this uh, line that people always say, I'm spiritual but not religious. And everyone goes, well, what does that mean? This is what it means, uh, what what this guy just said. you know, It means I'm a mystic, but I don't go to church, um, yeah. Is, is, yeah. is really all that means. Uh, now, yeah. I wonder if, um, uh, I mean, these these ladders have existed since Adam and Eve fell out, I mean, in, in the garden. You know, the, the, that's when these ladders were created. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I wonder if today we're not going to see more uh, ladder climbing of the mystic ladder than the moral ladder. Uh, it just seems like uh, we have m- many more people who are interested in this, uh, um, you know, connection with God. You know, I, I, went, I went out to a restaurant mm-hmm. uh, the other day and uh, sat at the bar, and the bartender, uh, she asked, what do you do? I'm a pastor. And she goes, oh, well, I haven't been to church in years, um, but it's not like I don't have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of mm-hmm. going, well, um, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> uh, so, so, I mean, okay, I have this relationship with God, whatever that means. Um, but I, I have no need to go to the church and receive uh, receive his his uh, his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. Um, something wrong with that? I know you. So you want you want a non-specific God, which is a God of your own creating. I mean, God. The reason why God gives us His Word is because He knows that our flesh is going to come up with a doctrine on its own, and our flesh is very religious. Mm-hmm. It's very religious, just wrong. Right. I mean, it's wrong. I mean, I don't care. You know, I'm spiritual, not religious. I don't. Whatever word you want to use, what matters is what the what Jesus says. I mean, His name is the name above all names by which we might be saved. Uh, and so we, ha- if we don't know the cross, if we don't know God's suffering in our place, if we don't know this stuff, then we don't. Then you don't know the truth, and the truth is the only thing that will set you free. So you have so many people running around trying to. You know, live in their own man-made religion, thinking that that's where freedom is to be found. No, no, that's just—it's just gross idolatry there. All right, I'm going to put a hold on our ending theme music so we can get this last one in. Do you have a little bit more time? Uh, barely, but yes. Okay, let's play this last one. Listen, can you tell me anything any more valuable than learning to listen to God speak to you and give you direction? Think, think of the assurance that you have. Think of the assurance that a child has early in life when they're able to talk to God and listen to Him. Now, they may come to you and say, well, here's what I think God said. They may be dead on right, and you just congratulate them. Or they may say something that you know God didn't say it. Well, you don't say, mm-mm, God didn't say that. No, you say to them, well, is that what He said? Well, why don't we just get in the Bible now and see if we can find something like that in the Scripture? Well, God's going to show you a verse that helps them realize that, that God wouldn't contradict himself. If I should ask you this morning, and I wouldn't want you to tell anybody, it's nobody else's business. How many of you know how to listen to God? And most of you would probably say, well, if you've been in this church a long time, you, you know. But most people would have to say, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to listen to it. I can tell you why. Nobody ever said to you and impressed upon your mind that one of the most important things in your life, early in life, is learning to listen to God so you make wise, right decisions in your life. And so when kids grow up and they don't know how to listen to God, uh, who's, who's responsible? Well, the parents are responsible, or if they go to church and the pastor never talks about it, he never explains it, or never gives them any information, then he too is responsible. And I would say to you, and I'm not, I don't have to sell books, but if you don't know anything about how to listen to God, go to the bookstore and buy the book, How to Listen to God by Charles Stanley. <laughs> now, I knew you were going to laugh. Give me a better suggestion. <laughs> how about read the Bible? If you want to hear God's saying, voice, we're responsible read for the finding Bible. out. Huh. Finding out how to listen to God. All right, that's the end of the clip. Man, that's really deadly. <laughs> Can you think of a better suggestion than my book? <laughs> I can't. Did I, did I tell you what it was? The Bible. Look, why, why, do we, why, are, we, why are we so addicted? I mean, you're right. We're addicted to mysticism. Why? Why not just say, hey, uh, here's what God says. Uh, here, you hear someone calling here? Yeah. Better hang up that phone. Here. Gandhi I think calling? I should answer it. Uh the uh, the reason why um uh we want to hear all this stuff is because we just it's it seems too simple that God would speak in His Word. <sighs> right. This uh, is really frustrating. This is really really terribly frustrating. I mean, where where in the Bible are we ever told to go and seek a private revelation from God? And where does he ever tell us? And where does any where does anyone in the Bible ever go? I mean, it happens in the scriptures that God will give people private revelation, but it, they, but always it's not unsought. They never are asking for it. 
They're never they're, uh, this kind of that you got to train yourself to listen to for God. That you got to expect God to speak directly to you and reveal Himself straight to you. No, that's that's completely unbiblical. Okay, it's I, mysticism. I, I got your it's not biblical Christianity. <clears throat> this is uh, page three from uh, Charles Stanley's book, <laughs> How to Listen to God. Uh, why, you have that? Uh, I just pulled up on Amazon. You know, you get a little preview. Oh, okay. Uh, why God speaks today? We might ask, why would God still want to talk to us today? He hasn't uh, hasn't He said enough from Genesis to Revelation? <laughs> there are several compelling reasons why God has His lines of communication open with His people. First and foremost, He loves us just as much as He loved the people of the Old and New Testament days. He desires to He desires to fellowship with us just as He fellowshiped with them. If our relationship with Him is a one way trip and there is no communication or dialogue between us and the Lord Jesus Christ, then there isn't much fellowship. Fellowship is nil when one person does all the talking and the other is uh, all, all, does all the listening. Two, the second reason uh, God still speaks today is that we need his definite and deliberate direction for our lives, as did Joshua, Moses, Jacob, and Noah, as his children need his counsel uh, for effective decision-making. Since he wants us to make the right choices, he is still responsible for providing accurate data, and that comes through his speaking to us today. And I'll read the third reason, then I'll get your response. The third reason God speaks today is that he knows that we need the comfort and assurance just as much as the believers of old. Yeah, this is a problem. I mean, here you get to it again. You try to give, you try to give comfort, and you take it away. Because that internal voice of God is so unsure and uncertain. Mm. What we need, the, 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 what we need, is the external word. That's where comfort, comfort is to be found. We gotta say, look, you don't, you might not feel God's love, you might not even hear God's love, but look here in the Bible. Jesus is dead on the cross for you. That's God's love that cannot be moved, yeah. cannot be changed. That's, that's right. where comfort comes from. Yeah, that's right. Uh, ladder, uh, mysticism. mysticism, all three mysticism today. Uh, you said Rob Bell was a rationalist. Well, all right. Ish. <laughs> all right. His you... stepladder, the stepladder of Rob Bell. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are, I think, actually more valuable than that Charles Stanley book. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.